0: So Richard was talking to a gentleman who I assume he wants to sleep with, and the gentleman said that he listened to our podcast and thought that it might be a good idea for us to try and give very brief sort of capsule episode summaries to give a little bit of context. Now, I think that this is completely uh, a terrible idea, but um, I'm willing to try it. So here
1: goes. Uh, Time's Arrow Part 2 is the story of everything that we love about Star Trek turning to shit.
0: Time (laughs) Zero Part 2 is the story of the crew of the USS Enterprise-D going back to 19th century San Francisco. Uh, Meanwhile, there are some aliens that are sucking the brains of people in the past, and Mark Twain is an asshole. There you
1: go. Time's Arrow is what happens when you put a Doctor Who writer who hates Star Trek into writing a Star Trek This is not good. Episode. I don't want to do this. It kills the momentum of the show. No, this is awful. You're right. No, that's that's fine. We experimented with it. Especially because we did it. But I'm leaving this in. <laughs> so Time's Arrow Part 2. Oh, God. Um,
0: yeah, I, I, uh, I think that you're right, that this is everything that is good about The Next Generation and everything that is bad about The Next Generation in, in one tidy package. And... Um I really think that they wanted us to see how much endurance we had uh uh against suicide because I really re at, at parts of this episode uh mostly um the 45 minutes that it was happening I, I wanted to jump out a window, so I didn't, obviously, because I'm here recording this podcast. Well, I mean, you only live on the second floor. You would probably survive. I would survive, and it would be good. I would just be paralyzed for life, and that's not fun. I live on the second floor. I'm going to have to move. It's going to be annoying. Um, I thought you wanted
1: to move anyway.
0: What did you think of <sighs> This? episode.
1: You know, you had told me last week, you know, last week we were speculating like, oh, what's it going to be? What's going to happen? And you like I had my ideas of where it was going to go. I thought it was going to be Mark Twain fighting the aliens and quipping, and you said, "Oh, you have no idea where it's going to go." Mm-hmm. And Yeah, that's true. I have to say, I I didn't picture a single thing that happened in this episode as I I couldn't I didn't call anything about this episode. I was a hundred percent wrong in the worst way.
0: It's yeah, it's it's kind of like they took uh uh all the possible sort of permutations of how they would wrap up uh Times Arrow Part One and what they did instead was the most boring option ever, which was basically uh some sort of strange, I think, Irish stereotyping farce. <laughs> with mark twain going to the future and walking around going well i don't know where my cigars are." i have to say like
1: they made him gladys kravitz in this episode like he's just talking to I, i think them people are from the future and you know he's talking to the newspaper and that's what his role was like it was an episode of bewitched for a while
0: that that's actually an astute point i think you're right and I think that if this were an episode of Bewitched, I would have enjoyed it a lot better because we had just
1: expected less of our television in the 1960s. <laughs> I loved Bewitched when it was on and I was seven.
0: So, this thing, was, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the thing about Time's Arrow is that it is it is, it is almost completely... Uh, content free like there is really nothing here that is important there's nothing here of any sort of subtext
1: it's a bunch of bits and some of the bits are good but some of the bits are awful but it's just a bunch of bits
0: i do always appreciate it when patrick stewart is given an opportunity to play who i'm assuming he's actually playing patrick
1: stewart yes in this episode. Uh,
0: uh, uh, um specifically his Well, there you are to his uh, landlady. Yeah, his landlady. That was always fun. I mean, Uh, everybody
1: looked really fucking hot in their outfits. Like, every single member of the Enterprise looked amazing. I love Dr. Crusher's dress. Every single one of them. Yeah. Riker looked so hot in that uniform. And then you have, you know, Picard, just this, you know, rakish looking thing. And then. I don't know what was going on with Troy's hair, but I loved it. It was fantastic. It was I don't know great.
0: where all that hair came from. She grew it very quickly, but this, that's fine.
1: like that you know, if if just to have an excuse to have this cast in really cool outfits I'm happy with that.
0: Also, I think Doctor Crusher, um, perhaps not the best doctor, because at one point in the episode, she says cholera is just not that virulent. Which I was going to say, isn't the is point right.
1: of cholera is that it was? Per- I mean, yeah. Does it she mean it doesn't kill as you know kills? She's kill. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't
0: know what she meant by that. I think that she was perhaps a little addled in the brain from the time travel, but that's fine. Listen, um, yeah, I you know it's it's oh, okay. So so we talked last episode, I believe, about. Uh, sort of how the the season enders of Star Trek have have at this point become calcified into yeah. two parters, which I think is unfortunate because the best of both worlds was fantastic. That was game changing for the show. Yeah, they c- pretty much pulled it off again with Redemption. I think that was very it was a very strong two parter, but it was a little less I yeah a, a little less vibrant, I would say. And now you get this, which frankly I don't. Know why it needs to be a two-parter, and I don't even know why it needed to exist at all because it's just there's nothing there that they do with the time travel. Enough. There's no. There's no real energy in the episode. There's no mm-hmm. real stakes in the episode. I never really got the sense that these aliens were threatening in any way, and
1: or the, or more threatening than the average alien threat that they find in a normal episode. Yeah. And I'm even thinking about like reunification wasn't a season finale, but it was a two-parter. And while I know you had some issues with that, it at least had the pyrotechnics of well, there's Sarek and Spock, right? And, you know that beyond again the outfits in this episode, there was no punch to this in a way. Is it just like like seeing Samuel L. Clemens walking around wasn't as big of a payoff in a way? Like if you're gonna do a season finale two-parter, like make it. Egg. make well, I, it make it you know if you're gonna do this grandiose thing this was just it the first setup so much especially the whole guy and picard finally meet and it wasn't none of it went anywhere you said don't wor- don't be excited about that and you're right it was a letdown
0: yeah i was gonna bring that up because i think that's one of the one of the major problems with the episode and one of the major letdowns of, of part two is you know i liked part one well enough yeah it was entertaining it was fine it was funny you know it was all great and and you know, I was tempering my reaction to part one because I knew what happened in part yeah. two, and I think you were a little more
1: because it sets optimistic up some about, really interesting threads. I mean, let's let's let's
0: be honest. This is the this is the show dropping the ball. I yeah, mean,
1: you know, you have And dropping a ball at a very significant point. It, it is because
0: <laughs> you know I was reading on Memory Alpha that they were really excited because they usually only got Whoopi Goldberg for for one shooting day per episode, okay. and they had her for most, I think, most of this episode. They didn't do, but they didn't do anything with that. And that's really the shame of it is, you know, there's nothing, instead of an episode that could have been a a, a, a character episode about the relationship between Picard and Guinan and how Mm -hmm. that got started and why they're such close friends and not even close friends, they say they're beyond friendship, whatever that means. Um, And
1: I mean, yes, he saved her life. But, it
0: doesn't reveal anything. I mean, yeah. The thing that they use Whoopi Goldberg for is that she's going to lie on the floor of a cavern set.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like the fact that, you know, their relationship is very warm and close, almost from, like, the second they see each. You know, this she almost immediately feels very comforted and very uh, calm around him and very, you know, she does feel very close to him. And, you know, you can see the seeds of what eventually will be there. It's almost a, you know, faded relationship between the two of them. I like that, but yeah, they don't, she isn't awake and talking for most of it, you know?
0: Yeah, and so it just it just makes me think that that either they couldn't come up with some sort of uh, satisfactory origin story I, yeah. for them that, that seemed organic, and they just kind of went with the path of least resistance, which is, well, Picard saved her life.
1: I mean, let me put it this way. All we right. had an early episode with Picard and Crusher, where, which was the pretty much the exact situation um, where Crusher is, you know, very badly injured, and Picard's kind of like... You know, trying to keep her conscious and awake, and number one, that one felt a lot better just because that seemed to fit their relationship better. We knew what their past had more or less been. Right. Uh We weren't expecting this big thing, and because, I don't know, like, it it was also earlier, and we didn't expect as much, you know what well, I mean? Like, that that was fine for... And I don't remember if that was a first or second season. episode. I believe episode. it was a
0: first season episode. I believe it was the arsenal of freedom yes that but, sounds
1: right uh, yeah
0: i think I think you're partly right, but I don't think you're taking it far enough because, All right.
1: because my well, I don't like to take it too far Eric that's your job
0: i think my my uh, major issue with with Times arrow part two is really that they're 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 skirting something and, and they're starting to, I think you're starting to see the wheels come off. Yeah. A little bit. You know, they're trying to do some sort of like farcical Cupid sort of episode, but they also have some really serious stuff here about, You've got this alien threat, which apparently yeah. we are supposed to believe is is very uh, is very serious a very serious threat, uh, and we're also supposed to have this really um, important relationship to the show, the friendship between Picard yeah. and Guinan that has always been teased out, and that we're finally going to figure out how they met. And so, what happens is that the the tone of the episode is off, and so in something yeah. like the Arsenal of Freedom, it wasn't supposed to be funny. Nothing was supposed to be funny. No. And, no. The Next Generation is not a series that can switch gears yeah, like that there are plenty in the of, same episode. There
1: are plenty of series that have the comic relief subplot while a very serious. Like, they can do that, but normally when we see that done, it's like, you know, the, it, it's Loaxana and Alexander on Bubblefish Planet. But
0: the thing is, The Next Generation never does that well.
1: Yeah, that's it. And like, that's like the it, does, it, does, it can't do that tone. It can do all light episodes or it can do an all dark episode, but. It feels – I mean, honestly, the whole Guinan and Picard thing feels like another writer came up with that so long ago and has since left the show and, you know, no one knew what their original intent was and no one is comfortable coming up with their own answer and – I mean, I – Is this it? Like, is this all – I mean – What happens when they meet from the other end? Is that a big thing? Do they ever get into that?
0: I mean, we never see that, I don't believe. And, you know, I do... I do... I will say that's one of the things in the episode that I do find interesting is this idea that, you know, the first time Gaiden meets Picard, Picard knows who she is and Guinan doesn't know who she is. The second time they meet for the first time, Picard doesn't know who she is and Guinan knows who she is. Yeah. So I like that sort of symmetry about it. I mean,
1: maybe they could... I mean, it might even be... Would even be as simple as, well, I would like to see an episode where she meets him for his first time and she saves his life and they've come full circle and that, you know, that's a bond between them. Okay, fine. But I don't know. Again, it just feels like they don't have an answer to a question that they asked. And while maybe in 1992, that wasn't a big problem. I mean, this is post-Lost when we saw how bad that worked.
0: Yeah and I think you know I think if you're going to you don't have to answer the question right like no. you you can leave it as a mystery uh and so if you're going to answer the mystery, you better make sure you have a damn good yeah. answer and a satisfying answer. And so to me, it's just kind of like, why did you bother? Like, why didn't you just, you know, I don't know, make the season ender about Romulans or something? It just, it, it doesn't, There's, there's no reason why they had to go this direction. And so the fact that they went this direction and apparently
1: thought, they must have thought that it was good or interesting. Or that or, they were closing a circle or finally answering an unanswered, yeah.
0: I mean, it also, frankly, could just be that they wrote the first part of this and they thought it was good and they came back after the hiatus and they they whiffed it, you know? I
1: mean, that's yeah. that's a possibility as well. But at the same time, then you have to, you know, again, this is... We, we've we been talked about, how, you know, the differences between this and how TV is done now. And I see this at series as... Making kind of some very strong steps towards the more episodic and arc based storytelling that we started having, you know, 10 years later, um, where, very, you know, TV series are very strictly serialized. Um, I see the beginnings of them rubbing against the limitations of that and almost. I mean, you talk about a show like Breaking Bad, and they never really had an idea what the next series would season would be when they were, you know, finishing. But in every case, it's generally agreed that, well, they figured out a way to top the stakes. Right. And I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming that had a tighter writing staff. It had a tighter world building. It had tighter, you know. All of that was more thought out than this. Um, I guess this is showing why that turned to be a limitation in a way. Episodes I, like I this. I guess so.
0: And I think, you know, I mean— I don't want to go. Not that I'm
1: saying this episode would have been stronger if they'd written both parts in kind of one long session, but maybe it would have been.
0: Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, you know, you know, you mentioned Breaking Bad, and Breaking Bad certainly didn't do that. I mean, you know, they wrote the end of the season, and then they came back six months later and 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 wrote the first episode of the new season.
1: But of course, they had
0: done exactly the same way. But of course,
1: they had ten, you know, twenty more years of kind of television writing advanced in that time, and so they had more to build off of in a way, like. I don't know. I don't know if I mean, that's you know they may I, have just I, been a more talented writing staff. Frankly, they may have had more stakes. They may have, I mean, but there, there was put it this way. Especially by the end of Breaking Bad, I think the stakes for writing a good season opener to cap off the finale were very high indeed, and it wasn't as big at this point.
0: I I think that there's a little bit of a difference there because, of course, if you're talking about a show like Breaking Bad, yeah. which Okay. Yes, they they set up some sort of shocking cliffhanger at the end of the season, and they have to come into the new season. And they have to figure out a way out of that, right? And they do it. But the 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 assumption and sort of the understanding of of that is that Breaking Bad is going to have an opportunity to 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 let that story breathe over an entire season. Yeah. And that's really the issue is that they don't need to make the first episode a completely self-contained story. That's true, yeah. Um, They have the room to go out from that. And so if the first episode of the season, you know, if they they get out of the immediate situation and they haven't resolved everything, well, that's okay because they have 12 more episodes to do it in. Whereas this kind of thing, which is still very, very... A uh, 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 discreet. They have to finish this story in forty five minutes. Yeah. I think that puts a lot more pressure on them. Yeah, I and mean, so you if think... you don't have a strong idea, and so it, it it also it it kind of boggles my mind that you know they have said over and over again in these sort of like special features and on memory alpha and stuff that the way that they wrote these is that they wrote the first part of the two parter and then they came back after the hiatus and finished it. It's like. I don't. I don't necessarily understand why that would be a good way to work. Because yeah, did they even
1: have like an outline for the? Okay, well we've written this, but it's also hitting these beats the next you know in six months. Because you know?
0: to me, it's it's the best of both worlds. Part one was such a good episode that it was okay that they did that. And they got out of it okay. Yeah. yeah. Part two is not as good as part one, but whatever. Um, there's st- as a, as a whole, it's a very interesting yeah, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. I think what what happens here is that they're starting to come into ossification and they're starting to come into, this is how we end seasons of star Trek. Yeah. We have a two parter. And so we're going to come up with a two parter and then we're going to come back after the hiatus, and we're going to do it again. And
1: it's like, well, nobody really has big lingering plot lines right now. There really aren't any big questions hanging over again. We've, we've resolved the Borg. We've resolved, uh, Worf's backstory, you know, everybody's doing pretty okay right now. But I
0: think, interestingly, you say that, but but one of the sort of backstory things that, that is hanging out there is Guinan
1: and Picard, and this was probably yeah, their attempt to answer it. And... and a little bit data as well, but, yeah, sure. you know, yeah, they they, they this is going to be their time, and... They didn't really do anything with it. Well, yeah.
0: and I think I think the other the other problematic part of this episode, of course, is that the the data stuff, I think, which was much stronger in, in part one, um, you know, you get a lot of nice conversations about him and dying and it's going to be yeah, nice and, and he then dies just, and then they just don't do anything with it. You
1: know, it, it makes me – this is making me realize just kind of how special the whole best of both worlds was and also because it did have – you know, you say you have a whole season for these issues to kind of breathe. Well, you know – we got Family, which did the rest of that work in. And, you know, while part two of Best of Both Worlds wasn't as strong as part one, part three, um, you know, Family of the Coda was yeah. such a damn good episode that, you know, it, it it's – Best of Both Worlds of part two becomes the middle of volume of the trilogy, really. yeah. yeah. And so, you know, again, I, we don't des- – I don't want to see an episode where Data is confronting his his now newfound question mark over his mortality because he's realized that even with his head cut off and over centuries, you know, he still can't die. Like, well, what does that mean? For
0: apparently, him? now he just has a five hundred year old head. Or yeah, exactly. You know.
1: You know, Guinan and Picard have had this thing, like, I want to see what they talk about, you know, like, they're going to have a an evening together, and what the hell are they going to talk about? Like, they're going to be reminiscing, it's going to be a very interesting day for them. Like, there are a lot of scenes that could happen, but I also don't really want to see them, so... Because I don't care. I guess this episode made me not really care about these plot lines. I no longer care about what the backstory between Guinan and Picard is because I found that when the show tried to answer it, it sucked. Yeah, yeah, and
0: I think that's a shame. Yeah,
1: because I had this big wonder. You know, again, when they first encountered and Guinan first said the, you know, we have a relationship. It's closer than family. It's closer than blood. You know, we have this very deep something happened you know when she says about you know well you know this is obviously the a bald man did something nice for me this is right. what this said that, that was and fine but you know you said don't really get too excited about that and and also
0: i think it kind of you know in a, in a sense it kind of cheapens their relationship in a way yeah. because there's no reason why they have this relationship other than they have this relationship yeah they've they, they were never sort of, like, attracted to each other without knowing each other. They, they've always known each other in a certain sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, for me, it's like, well, why are they Why are they friends? Why is it so important?
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I, it's fine if they do manage – you know, they do have always very good chemistry together. You know, that's the actors as much as anything. We buy their relationship. But they've – but Picard has saved a lot of people that he's – you know clicked with right he's gonna save many more people that he clicks with you know and that's just the kind of person he is why why is this particular relationship special and this episode has not answered that question to as satisfactorily as every other appearance of Guinan and picard has
0: yeah yeah and I think the other big, big question about the episode is what the hell were they thinking with Mark Twain? Like I, I just I I find that character uh to be one of the most annoying
1: you know, things that the next generation has oh my, ever done. Oh my god. Like I I I just see, there's here's the you know, like it's it's there's a degree to which I appreciate the direction they're taking it a bit. In other words, I really like the part when he's Talking to Troy and he's saying, you know, well, you know, do you sound – that sounds great and I'm sure everyone on the ship has a great life but, you know, in my day, you know, people are abusing the poor and, you know, what are you doing to the poor there? And, you know, she convinces him, you know, we don't have any poor in it. I like that that characterizes his mistrust and paranoia of them as – in his time, and because definitely historically, what was going on? There were tons of you what's know, still going on. Oh uh, yeah, exactly. You have uh, a barons exploiting the fuck out of the poor, and so Mark Twain is, in a way, conditioned to believe that anybody with power is going to use it to abuse them, and so it makes his mistrust of them a little more. It makes it, you know, it, it makes it not just an arbitrary thing, but at the same time, number one. You know, just Troy saying, no, we're really nice, convinces him a little too easy if that's what he really believes. And number two, he died a very bitter man in real life. And so I think him knowing that if this is his, you know, humanity's future is going to make him a much fucking happier person.
0: Well, and that's, <laughs> but but that's all fine. And I agree with you. But, yeah. but my question about that is why is that interesting for us to watch? Well, I you mean, know, I mean because... that's
1: true. It's if we're already interested in Mark Twain, then this is a fine episode. But Just as we may not necessarily be interested in Shakespeare or we may not necessarily be interested in Sherlock Holmes or whatever, you know, or uh, uh, um, Dashiell Hammett, you know, the show has these weird literary, you know, things that it, you know – it has these very few literary marks. It hits all the time, but and if you don't like him, what what? Who cares? But I but I think it's a little bit
0: different in this episode okay. because this is actually supposed to be Mark Twain. Yeah, that's one. true. That's true. No, fair. and and the other thing, of course, is that you know. I don't need a scene between Samuel Clemens and Troy where Troy convinces him that the future is wonderful and and everyone in the future is happy and there's no poor and everybody is is taken care of because I mean, I've been watching Star Trek for thirty years I know all
1: that you know something and, and it just yeah. comes
0: across as sort of the show patting itself on the back it's 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 masturbatory I mean
1: maybe it would even make maybe it would be better if it was just kind of a uh, 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 um. A, a the mayor of a you know random town that's not supposed to be anyone particularly historical, but is supposed to just be a general. Like if you have that character realizing that oh humanity is going to have a good future, you know maybe that's sure. a little less pandery.
0: Yeah, that I guess that's my problem with it is it just does seem like it's pandering.
1: because we've seen yeah we've seen plenty of examples of the show having someone mistrust the federation and then realizing they're nice at the end. Like that's okay, and I think it's good that the show. Addresses itself in this way from time to time, Um, because we do want to. You know, it is nice to have the confirmation that no, you know, the Federation has eliminated eliminated poverty and it has, you know, it does use its power to elevate people and to help them and you know on all those things. And you know, it is good to have that reminder, but to have Mark Twain ratifying that and you know suddenly turning over a new leaf maybe does feel a little precious
0: yeah yeah precious yeah i think that's a good word for it and then of course also i mean
1: oh god i bro at one point i really can't wait to find out who the bellhop really is and then he's like i'm gonna go to alaska and i'm like don't let it be jack london if he says jack london i am gonna fucking break my tv so eric do you have 750 dollars? i do
0: but it's earmarked for something else so is it buying me
1: a new tv yes okay because i need one because i threw a brick through it that is just you know uh. there is no there was no restraint here at all you know I was like I thought I was ready for him to be like Walt Disney or something like what? that I don't know like I don't know who he was um, in 1889 yeah I don't know time apparently or not. like J P Morgan or you know one of those type of people right. Like no it, it was Jack London it was Jack London yeah,
0: that's you know I don't even know if that makes any sense whatsoever with the timeline I or haven't or even
1: I've never read Jack London was
0: was Mark Twain actually in San Francisco in 1889 who
1: knows. I I mean, he was in England at the time, yeah. and he had was exiled there and chained to a post, so he couldn't have been in San Francisco in 1889. I don't think that's true. I don't really know what history is, Eric.
0: Yeah, I just—this um, is the kind of thing that Star Trek does from time to time, and
1: uh, I don't like it when it does it. And Again, so- this is— you said it felt like a Doctor Who episode, and this is what I imagine Doctor Who to be. It's just if you had to have me write a Doctor Who, ep- what I think a Doctor Who episode is, but I could use Star Trek characters. It's a crossover fan fiction.
0: Yeah, that's pretty accurate, I think. And 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 one of my one of the things I don't like about Doctor Who is that it does tend to be a little precious sometimes. Yeah, I mean it's British, so of course it's going to yeah. be. But Ugh. yeah, I, I just don't don't pretend to be Doctor Who, in Star Trek. Just don't do that and we'll all be happier. Mm. Uh I will give time zero part 2 uh uh d- d- to serpent
1: head cane things oh god we didn't even talk about the main plot the main plot was bullshit
0: it doesn't matter they they were not a real threat and they went away and they (sighs) apparently killed them all so all right you know I i
1: don't know why picard did that thing with the binary what did that help how did he know i thought that they were gonna save the bad aliens because they were just trying to get food but you know they didn't and who knows and just Hey, let's get it. It was
0: the show coming to the last three minutes and saying, oh, we need to.
1: Hey, everybody, you know, we're going to get pizza for lunch today. And everyone's like, I love pizza. And then Mark Twain saved everyone. The end. Yeah.
0: That's it. Uh, let's move on to Realm of Fear. So Barkley's
1: back. Yeah. And so is Brandon Braga. This is just a match made in heaven. I think so. I, th- You know, after watching this episode, now I finally think. I've seen enough Brandon Braga to know what to expect when I see him as the written by. Okay. All it's, right. Like, now, like, I, I was getting, you know, getting the shape of it, but this actually makes it make complete sense. It's not bad. It's it, it's fine. It's, you know, like, there was about... Bar- Listen, I, I'm not the biggest Barkley fan, and I'm trying you, you to... You don't have to be. I don't have to be.
0: Look, you don't have to put up with Barkley too
1: much. No, 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 but, like... So... You know, I sort of... I like him better from episode to episode. Like, he is getting better from episode to episode. In this one, he really... You know, he has his little panic attack, but then he talks to Troy and he is fine from that. If the shenanigans with the transporter didn't happen, he would probably be fine and have gotten over his fear really quickly, which is good. That's an improvement for him. You know, he still needs to see his therapist from time to time, but he is learning his, you know, techniques. He is plexing or whatever i don't know what that was about but i actually did this during the entire episode and it uh really helped really Uh, okay i'll um,
0: try that the next time i watch uh,
1: an episode that i don't like yeah i i appreciated all the transporter geekery in this episode all right a lot of this episode seems just written to answer some questions about the transporter that just people have in the air
0: i guess you know it's it's um it's obviously an episode about People having a fear of flying, yeah. and that's fine. Um, and I think that it's a brave choice for the next generation to make an episode about how people have a phobia about
1: flying in airplanes. Good for them. <laughs> um, listen, before this episode, nobody talked about it. That's why Eric Jong was so controversial. I know
0: we were having planes going down once a day, it was terrible.
1: Oh my God! Um, is that true? I am never going on an airplane again.
0: You are in an airplane right now. Oh
1: my God! See, I don't have a fear of flying so much as I do have a fear of airports. I've realized this. Okay, that's fair. I hate airports. All right, they're like the worst place. So, in this analogy, then you
0: would not hate the transporter, but you would hate the transporter room. Yeah, because O'Brien's a dick. Yeah, he is. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what I mean this episode doesn't really have that much to talk about. It's just kind it's, of, uh, it's an episode that is there and it's very plot heavy yeah. and there's a mystery and they solve it and everyone's happy. Um, they're all working at peak efficiency. Yeah. Everyone is very professional. Uh, Barkley is, uh, becoming a real boy and everything seems to be on the up and up and nothing ever really seems to be in danger. We never really are supposed to believe that Barclay is going to die or that anybody is going to be injured or that the Enterprise is going to be destroyed or anything bad is going to happen.
1: You know something? It's fine that's okay. for, for a low stakes episode. Like I said, that's why I didn't really mind this. Because again, you know, the transporter, it it's one of the most iconic technologies of the series of the franchise yes it's and, and, and it's one of the few that we have no real analog for i mean we have the phasers that's a fancy gun you know the communicators and the tricorders we have cell phones you know but we don't really have anything that beams matter from one place to another this is one of the more exotic technologies right. and and you know every you know everyone that does have you know random little questions that this you know half of the episode seems just an episode written to give that to the fans. Like this is a low key fan episode in a lot of ways. And I'm cool with that. Cause again, I have questions about the transporter that are now answered.
0: Yeah. And I think it gives O'Brien a nice little opportunity to be in the episode a lot. I mean, yeah. in a lot of ways this is a guest star episode, you know, Barkley and O'Brien are really the two main characters
1: in it. Yeah. And um, it's him, you know, not just, you know, any, any really a way we've seen of O'Brien for the most part has been, you know the adventures of him and Keiko. So this is him now. The adventures Alex-
0: of him and Christine. I like Christine. I don't think you ever see Christine again, which Aww. is probably fine. But yeah, because
1: Barclay smashed her. Oh no.
0: Um. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I mean, I, I enjoy all that stuff because yeah. I am a I am a nerd, and it's fun to hear them talk about how the transporter works and the history of the yeah. transporter, and you get you know it, it's I guess I guess what what's really interesting about Realm of Fear is that it's kind of a world building episode in some ways yeah. because. I mean, you could go back all the way to, um, you know, the original series. I mean, Bones was supposed to have a a, a slow fear of being transported. And Pulaski, that was kind of a character beat that they borrowed from Bones when they were trying to make her the female Bones. And so we have seen this before. Yeah, Um, We've also seen horrendous transporter accidents, like in the motion picture. Oh, yeah. That that was
1: one of the big... And, you know, I like that a lot of this episode was spent kind of... Making that you know because let, let's face it, you or I would be nervous to go on a transporter, especially after seeing you know the motion picture. Like Jesus, that is you know you know what what you know yeah. What if one molecule is out of place? You know what if one of the scanners goes down? Well, they explain you know, and, and you can even see like well yeah, if there were transporter accidents in the original series, well they've been fixed by now. You know right. we've fixed out the kinks right now, so. We don't have to worry, and, you know, I don't know if, how often the show, the series, is going to have transporter accidents in the future. I don't know if that's going to be happening Voyage or whatever, but... I think, you know, I think that the
0: transporter accident thing is something that comes up, but it doesn't come up as much as you would think yeah. it does. And it definitely, I think, happens quite a bit in the original series yeah you have that episode where where kirk gets split into two and you've got the mirror mirror episode yeah i mean there's a lot of different episodes in in the original series where that happens uh and i think they have sort of not gone to that well very much now i think while you know for example like um the 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 next phase from last season with uh, rowan and Jordy when they had the problem being yeah and they were suddenly being phased in and out of matter but they always you know
1: usually when there is a transporter accident lately there's some external cause you know
0: right so the actual transporter itself is very safe and yeah. in a
1: similar way to how flying is very safe nowadays
0: I mean yeah you know, they're, they're sort of like as far it's not very interesting to talk about but of course this is again supposed to be some sort of
1: analogy about flying and yeah again we're supposed supply. to assume that it's equally safe you know? right
0: it's 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 as safe as flying there's all sorts of redundancies in place people are very highly trained yeah um, you know O'Brien said that in his 20 years of doing this he's never lost someone. So uh which is true I guess. I, I was going to say
1: I feel like there have been uh, someone's been lost on the series before but I don't know.
0: But you know it it's Whatever. all it's all fine and I think it's a nice little world building yeah. and and then you get
1: scenes of Barkley thinking he has transporter psychosis. That with- reminded me of a goofy cartoon, okay? There was like <laughs> The scene where, she, you know, he's reading off the symptoms and he's having all them, like, that's a goofy gag. Like, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen that exact one. Um, well, Barkley's kind of a cartoon character. Yeah, so. and it was funny enough, you know, the you, – you, know, you know, all the light bits of the – the light bits of this episode were good. It was a good light. I don't really have to worry. I just worked and I'm wanting, you know, enjoying an episode of Star Trek. Like, sometimes you really don't want to have to worry about what that's going to happen to the characters, you know?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, but he's got giant snake things and the transporter beam. With him, so I, so was here's little... the
1: thing. I have no idea what the fuck the plot was. Like, I genuinely didn't get what was going on so were there microbes or were the microbes really the crew members or like what was the worm like i don't really understand i don't know because he grabbed one of the microbes yeah and it came out the guy. So i know like, so then i like? was like okay so there really weren't microbes it was these people trapped but then they're like we got trapped while trying to fix the microbes so i'm like were there microbes or not what is, was, was the worm a microbe was it not like i don't understand and and that's a little bit of a problem, I would say, because you know, again, just make it about the microbes, and you're fine. But there,
0: there is a lack of attention to detail yeah. in in some of Brown and Braga's scripts that uh, has it becomes more and more apparent. Um, he's not, he doesn't sweat the details. Well, this man. was the same he's... with
1: Jordy turning into a lizard person. Like, I didn't really get what the fuck was going on in that episode, but I forgot that happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You that's... know, like, I don't understand what his plots are, but, you know, damn it, Brandon Braga understood what it was, and all the characters seemed to understand. So, did he? You know, I think in his little mixed up head, did he? It all added together.
0: He's he doesn't sweat the details. He just wants to tell a good story, and that's
1: fine. But why did he write this then? Oh no, it's um right. no. This is what? the thing. Like I I keep saying, like oh, I didn't really like this episode, but it did have some charming bits to it. No,
0: it was fine. I like it well enough. And I think you know uh, uh, what what did you make of what it looks like to be transported?
1: It was actually kind of cool because again, like it's a. that's a question that i had you know what is the experience you know and it looks like just kind of a swishy and a and a then you're in a new room although i don't really understand how you could move like that i I don't understand how anything is anything
0: eric if you're if you're being converted, i know and if your eyes
1: are being converted into energy then you don't have eyes i know
0: so it doesn't make any sense to me i don't think but that's fine, I guess, right? Or
1: Let doesn't... me ask you a question. Here's the sure. big question hanging on the episode. Anytime you want a glass of water, you have to specify the temperature, like, in the realm of degrees. Yeah. Like, be... you can't just say, like, cold water. Well, obviously you can, because the computer gave him water
0: and it was fine. But I mean, like,
1: you, you also would think that, like, this is, like, Star Trek, right? So, like... Obviously, he's you know, whenever he orders a glass of water, like when you get a glass of water, you make it to more or less the temperature that you want it to be. Like you would think that it would have a preference said so that whenever Barkley asks for a glass of water, it would kind of be that.
0: Maybe the computer doesn't like Barkley. Oh, my God. That's so sad. Well, now I'm depressed. Well, Barkley's depressed. Yeah. The the thing that uh, I think gets me about this episode really is, though, that it goes down a road of making Barkley into a severe crazy person. Well, it
1: does and it doesn't. I mean, he,
0: he has social anxiety, which we've seen. Yeah. You know, now he has transporter phobia. He also seems to be some sort of hypochondriac. I mean, is there any part of this guy's brain that is working as normal?
1: Well, the thing is that in this episode, he does have his moments. As I said, he if it weren't for all of the problems with the transporter, you know, he really would have on his own gone through and I'm sure he would have been much better about it. Um, And, you know, when he goes to O'Brien, he's like, you know, just be me. I need to see what's going on. Like that's him, you know, manning up and doing it, you know, he's, you know, he says, wake the senior staff. And he's very, you know, determined. He's saying, you know, yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not just making this up. Like, this is a real thing. And, at that point, everyone does believe him and, you know, fine tooth combs, everything. Like, there are moments, you know, he's... Well, that is that is one of the nice again, things that he's I like about better. The
0: Next Generation is that, you know, they never disbelieve them. They're just kind of like, okay, well, this is a problem. We need to figure out what's yeah. going on. Like, And I like that because in so many shows, it's always this game of, like, well, what is really going on? I don't know. He's obviously crazy. Yeah. He shouldn't do anything about it. And then 20 minutes goes by and then it really becomes obvious that it's a real problem. Yeah, at so- the
1: beginning, yes, sure, they're all just, you know, Owen oh, may have just been, you know you were panicking and, you know, you thought you saw something and, you know, they're really more just calming him down than anything and fine. But yeah, when he does realize that he has actually experienced a thing, you know, even though he doesn't really understand it, they work on it. Yeah.
0: I I suppose so. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing too is that the Federation and Starfleet in general seems to have a very interesting idea about how to deal with with, with phobias, of course, because I I don't know. I mean, I know that like – Becoming uh, sort of like immune to it is you know you get sort of um, experience you have to go and sort of experience it for yourself but I don't know that the best thing to do is to go into a small enclosed space with um, giant uh, spiders that you're (laughs) that seems a little
1: well I mean it's not like he was like no I mean it's not like O'Brien said like Doctor you know Counselor Troy like I'm afraid of spiders don't worry we'll figure out something and you know she tells Picard and he's like got an idea and then he sends him on the spider like no like he just he didn't tell anybody about the spider phobia and then he was just there so i guess that's how it happened poor o'brien no poor o'brien he and christina have a very rich relationship
0: (laughs) do you think uh keiko is jealous of of
1: his spider i don't think so she has a baby
0: Oh yeah, that's right.
1: Oh my god! Like no, I want to picture like a cartoon spinoff of like the baby and the spider, and they have adventures.
0: Ooh, that doesn't sound very good.
1: Like tarantulas can't bite people, actually. Oh okay. Something with know. like the way the jaws are placed or something Great. like that. So it's basically like a eight-legged cat.
0: I will literally never find out because you know why? You don't like I don't spiders. I don't like spiders.
1: I like everybody like hates spiders. I think that like. I don't like bugs, and spiders eat bugs, so like I mean, I don't kill spiders, but i don't like no them. usually spiders are, spiders are cool um yeah, I don't think there's much the same I was things, gonna so. say I give this episode six legs all
0: right, so before we let you go. We just want to take this moment to remind you that if you would like to disagree, agree, have any comments about the episode, please go to our website, truckaboutshow.com and uh, leave a comment on the post for this episode. We will read it. We will. Uh, we've gotten some nice ones. Um, as well, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you're missing out. You should do that, about Show And uh, Facebook.com slash Show is also where you can find us. And uh, the best thing to do would be to give us an iTunes review. We like them. Do it. Thank
1: you. I don't have anything to add to this. That's fine. Just whatever whatever Eric said, do it.
0: Next, give us money. Next week, we are continuing our uh, unfortunate descent into the dregs of The Next Generation. Uh, By continuing with Man of the People Mm.
1: and Relics. So, in other words, I'm going to be doing a lot of plexing next week. Yeah, I think so. Plex hard, plex often, everyone.
0: Talk to you then.